This is it, football fans. It's the last real weekend of football. NFC, AFC championship games. Because you know as well as I do, when this weekend's over, it's going to be more about Taylor Swift or what this person's wearing or, or green goo or Nickelodeon and all kinds of things that don't have anything to do with football. So enjoy it. And we're going to talk about it here with Larry Holder of The Athletic as we do every Friday along with Saints offensive coordinator search. How is that going? Who are they going to pick? Why are they going to pick that person? Who should they pick? And then the NFC South. Oh, my goodness. The NFC South. What have you done, Raheem Morris, Dave Canales? Get into it all on Datitude coming up next. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to my friends elsewhere, out there, everywhere, who are ready to put away those damn rain boots. It's like Noah's Ark in this SOB. What in the hell? It started raining like Monday, and it hasn't stopped since. Look, how do you go like two and a half months without rain, and then it just doesn't stop? I mean, we'll get into, you know me. I'm an open book. I like to talk about everything that's going on in my life, and you guys just fast forward through those parts and get to the parts that you like. Well, you're probably going to have to do it today. I've definitely got some uh, interesting takes on things that have happened in my life this week. It has been one weird, crazy, stupid kind of week. Thank God it's Friday. I don't say that very often because in the sports world, as a sports writer, it really doesn't matter all that much. I mean, you're, you're, I mean, you got games on the weekends. You're spending as much time, even when you're off the clock, you're spending as much time working, watching games. That could be worse ways to make a living as you are during the week. So they're really, I mean, you never get away from sports when you're a sports writer anyway. Alrighty, we digress. This is Datitude, episode number 206 for a Friday, January the 26th, 2024. Uh, In case you don't know by now, and you found this podcast somewhere out of the blue, and you say, you know what, I'll give this clown a listen. Uh, Well, good for you. I'm Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times, speaking the advocate and bet.noah.com. How you found me, let me know, at jderrytheadvocate.com. We've had some comments this week, by the way. Uh, we've had some people who I think like me, don't like me, tell me I'm a weirdo, all kinds of crazy sorts of things. Glenn Bear wrote me. Uh, he didn't like my uh, comparison. You know, it's funny. I've found people that are actually taken up for the Saints now. You know why? Because I kind of, I wouldn't say I was going after Mickey Loomis, per se, but I definitely was giving him a little bit of the business. People didn't like that. You go off to Mickey Loomis. Oh, we're going to have fighting words, pal. I've already told y'all that I love Mickey Loomis and what he's been able to do for this franchise. People got mad, though. They're even taking up for Dennis. If you go off to Mickey Loomis, 
they're going to take they're going to take up for Dennis Allen. They uh, didn't like the little story I wrote when I compared Dennis Allen to you know well Mickey Loomis wanted to compare Dennis Allen to Chuck Noll, Bill Walsh, Bill Belichick. So they didn't like it when I uh, wrote a story and saying that he was 150th out of 157. That's this is true. This is this is not. I didn't make this up. Out of coaches who have coached 70 games, Dennis Allen is 150th out of 157. Glenn Abair writes, a more accurate comparison would be to use the first 70 games of each coach's career. Just saying. As Mickey Loomis and my story illustrate, statistics can be massaged to tell almost any story desired. What story would I possibly be trying to tell, Glenn? Seriously. What, what, what story could I possibly try, be trying to tell? Why would I want to point out how bad Dennis Allen's been if I think he's going to get better? Uh, I think I read this one last week, but I'm going to read it again. It's where I, I don't remember whether I read it on this show or somewhere else. Uh, Jay Brandell says, Sir, you, can, you can't still be struggling with this. Bill Belichick was a 32-56 and 56 head coach, and he types out and. Doesn't put the dash in there. It's 32 and, the word and, 56 head coach on October 13th, 2000. This is about the time he met Tom Brady. And I think, as I said last week, the difference is, um, yeah, this team, Dennis Allen is not going to get to be Belt Belichick because I don't think Tom Brady is anywhere around the building or the next Tom Brady is around this building. Um, so if you're trying to disparage Bill Belichick, I'm not sure if that's what you're doing. Or if you're just telling me Dennis Allen could possibly be the next Bill Belichick, whatever way you're going at that, yeah, you're not going at it the right way. Again, I said it last week. I said it during the week. I'll say it again. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that Dennis Allen, that we're sitting here next year and saying, thank God they kept Dennis Allen. That we're sitting here three years from now, from now saying, thank God they kept Dennis Allen. That we're sitting here 10 years from now. If they're still letting me do a show, I'll be an old man ready to retire 10 years from now. That I'm sitting on this show, maybe it's the Datitude series finale. Not just the podcast finale. The last show I ever do on Datitude that I say, thank God they kept Dennis Allen. And I was wrong 10 years ago. The chances of that are about the same chances of me hitting a 20-leg parlay this weekend with a $10 bet and becoming a millionaire. Just saying. True. I mean, does anyone else think it? We're going to get into the Saints in just a minute with Larry Holder. Saints offensive coordinator search continues. Um, I say a bunch in there. I don't need to rehash what I'm going to say there. Uh, if you want to fast forward and don't want to hear me BS anymore, you can find where Larry and I are on there, and it's it's literally the the first fifteen minutes. That's what we talk about uh, who the who the real candidates are right now. We go into depth uh, about John Gruden, whether he's a viable candidate, uh, the positives, the negatives on John Gruden. We spend probably five six minutes talking about him. Uh, there. Are there are people that are for him, plenty of people for him. There are people that are against him. What are the, 
players think? Does it matter what the players think? Does it matter what the fans think? All things we get into with Larry coming up, I'm not going to rehash here. Um, look, the Saints are an interesting place right now. Uh, with these new NFC South coaching hires, uh, we also, Larry and I talk about that, Raheem Morris in Atlanta, Dave Canales in Carolina. I, I just don't understand either one of these hires. I just don't get them at all. I mean, you can say what you want. Raheem Morris, I mean, basically to me, he's no different than Dennis Allen. He's a guy who failed, I don't know if miserably is the right word. Maybe he did a little bit better than Dennis Allen when he was in Tampa Bay. But, I mean, good Lord. A great defensive mind, yes. I mean, and yes, people deserve second chances, but what do you see in Raheem Morris that you couldn't have got elsewhere? I mean, Atlanta really had the coaching world waiting on their decision. I think that you could argue maybe the Chargers were a more wanted destination, but I think it was kind of clear that Jim Harbaugh was going there. And even if it wasn't, so what? I mean, so throw the Chargers out. Of all the other places, everybody was kind of waiting to see what Atlanta was going to do. And uh, they chose Raheem Morris. I don't think hardly anyone saw that. I don't think Raheem Morris saw that coming. But good for him. He got a job. I mean, and then the Carolina. I really don't get that one. Dave Canales, a guy who... One season in Tampa Bay, revived uh, revived the career, I guess, the, the football life of Baker Mayfield. That's enough to bring you to Carolina and hope you can do the same with Bryce Young. I mean, Carolina has more problems than just Bryce Young. And haven't they gone this route before? I got a lot of thoughts on that coming up with Larry Holder. Uh, and then, of course, we give our AFC and NFC championship game predictions. Before we get to that, though, I kind of want to talk about my weird week. You know, how many of you believe in, I guess, supernatural forces is the way to put it? Not just saying ghosts, um, but how many of you believe that uh, when our loved ones or friends or anyone, for that matter, when they pass on that they... They still exist in some form. And I'm not just talking about their physical form, their bodies in a grave. I'm talking about their spirits floating to the netherland. I've always believed in this. I'm just going to let you know. And of course I do. I mean, if you've listened to me and you had to guess which way I believe on this, of course that I do. I see signs of it all the time. And it's been one of those weeks. My mother, who passed away in 2006, January of 2006, uh, hard to believe she's been gone 18 years. But um, she would have been 80 on Wednesday. And so I've thought a lot about my mom this past week. I mean, I think about my mom every day. But more than usual, a lot this past uh, week or so. And we have had some really strange things happen to us over the course of the past uh past four or five days that just, they defy explanation. Like, random bad things happen to us here at our house. Um, I'm not going to get into all the details, but basically our bathroom 
flooded. Our master bathroom flooded uh, because the tub was left on. Not the first time that's happened. Don't get me started. Uh, but the water flowed from the bathroom into our bedroom through the wall. Okay, Again, not the first time this has happened. The first time in a while. But it was pretty bad. So we had to, like, you know, everything, it got into both my wife and I's closets. Um, it, anything that was on the floor, neither the bathroom or the bedroom, sopping wet. Um, so that happened during the AFC Divisional game. Chiefs and Ravens, uh, Chiefs and Bills. Everybody's watching Chiefs and Bills, not me. I'm cleaning up uh, wet stuff off the floor, cursing like a sailor. Every, I don't know, 15 minutes, go check the score. I finally got to watch. I think I watched the fourth quarter. So I never really got to watch the game in depth like I wanted to. That's a whole other story. Boo-hoo, blah, blah, blah. But then that's bad enough. The Not the next day. Two days later, on Tuesday morning, uh, Tuesday's the one day I get to sleep. And I sleep, I usually sleep till 9, 10 o'clock instead of waking up at 7, like I normally do. So my wife leaves for work at like 7. And, you know, occasionally you'll do something, the toilet will keep running, right? Well, our toilet's running, I hear it, I wake up about 9, 9.15-ish. I hear the toilet running. I'm like, oh, should I go check it out? Uh, I guess I'll get up. Well, I get up and for some reason this time that it's running, same deal. The entire bathroom is flooded. It's gone through the wall that we just dried off. We just got through our vinyl floors. I don't think they're ruined. I hope they're not ruined. So this happens. Two random events have nothing to do with one another. That night, we're, we're still trying to clean up from the mess of that. Go into my closet. Again, two random events. Make it a third random event. I go to reach up for something. I see my, my, my clothes are kind of leaning down. I go... See, there's a problem. It's coming off the wall. I go to touch it, collapse. Everything in my closet collapses. I mean, three major random events in the same area of my house. And then with all the flooding that's going on, this is the same day that we're outside. Oh, it's the next day, excuse me. The next day, we've got this massive flood everywhere. People can't even drive around in the North Shore. What is going on? Somebody's trying to tell me something, right? So... Thursday morning, I'm driving to bring my daughter to school. The car's driving funny. It's starting to bounce around a little bit. It's pulling to the right. Hadn't been doing this. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, I say, you know what? I'm going to bring it to the Goodyear place. Bring it to the Goodyear place. What do I hear? The guy tells me, you got an angel riding around with you or something? You should have seen what the tire looked like. It is amazing. The day before, I was driving 76 miles an hour on the interstate. The day before that, I was driving on the causeway. And I tell him, he goes, man, you're lucky you're not in the lake. And the tire was basically shredded. All four tires were bad. I had to change them all out, which is bad enough. But it goes back, long-winded thing of somebody was trying to tell me something. And I don't know when I was thinking, because I had a game last night in, in Covington. I had to drive to Covington. I don't know that I would have fixed that tire had somebody not told me something. And driving back last night, in the rain, coming back from St. Paul's and broadcasting a game. I'm going along the side of an 18-wheeler who's driving kind of crazy, and I'm thinking, what if my tire had blown out right here? Would I have ended up underneath this 18-wheeler? And they were talking about it at this game as I digress. I'm going all over the place. I get it. But these are the kind of things that make you think. 
the night before, a referee that was supposed to do that game, that I, I didn't know him, they were talking about how he got into an accident with an 18-wheeler and, and perished, and he was my age in Tangibahoa Parish. And I'm driving home last night after I got my tires fixed, going down the left lane trying to pass an 18-wheeler going home. And I'm thinking, what, what would have happened had I not got that tire changed? What, had, what would have happened had someone not flooded my bathroom? And I know this is crazy to some of you. And my closet not collapsed, and somebody's trying to tell me something. And I'm sitting drinking my coffee yesterday morning after I brought my daughter to school getting ready to work. I'm back in my office getting ready to work and thinking, you know what? I don't think I'm supposed to wait any longer. Let me bring it to Goodyear. It's probably not that bad, but let me bring it. And the guy asked me if there's an angel on my shoulder and how did I, how did this tire not blow out on an interstate or on the causeway? And I did not end up in Lake Pontchartrain. And I'm driving home after I get my tires fixed next to an 18 wheel and thinking if I didn't get my tire changed, I could have been underneath that 18-wheeler and dead. I'm just telling you, man. I know this has nothing to do with sports, and sometimes this show, I, I go through my personal life and I tell you things that I think are relatable. Maybe someone out there has had some signs somewhere. Maybe someone listening to this show, maybe you've had signs from a loved one or something that you've ignored. Don't ignore them, man. I don't think it's a coincidence. My mom's 80th birthday, I feel her all around me. She made, do I think that she made my bathroom flood and my closet collapse? I'm telling you, three strange, random, major events in my, they might not seem major to you, but they're pretty, they were pretty damn major, okay? When your bathroom floods into your bedroom, there's water everywhere, and it takes you hours to at least clean it up to where you can even go to bed, and your closet collapses, and everything in your closet is off the shelf and is just laying on the floor. By the way, I've ordered, I've ordered some things. We're going to redo my closet anyway, so maybe it's a good thing in the long run. But when these three random events happen, and then you are asked the day after your mother, what would have been your mother's 80th birthday, if you have an angel on your shoulder that you might, you, you could have been dead somewhere. Makes you think, man. Don't ignore those. I've got, I've got friends who are atheists or agnostics or whatever you want to call them. They, they think that when you're dead, the lights go out and that's it. And may, look, maybe I'm wrong. I have faith that that's not the case. That's not what this show's about. I'm just telling you, even if you don't believe, think about it. If somebody's trying to tell you something somewhere else, just listen to it. What's it going to hurt? And I thank, I thank the Lord. I thank my mama that I listened to that, uh, that warning ahead of time because I might not be here doing Datitude number 206. We might have we stopped 205. That might have been the last Datitude we ever... Me going off on Dennis Allen, and that's not how I want to finish this show. That's not how I want the Datitude finale to be. I'd much rather be here 10 years from now telling you that thank God we kept Dennis Allen. And maybe it was because my mama collapsed my closet and sent a flood through my bathroom so I could listen and say something's going on and I got to get my tire fixed. Might sound weird to a lot of you. Don't sound weird to me. Makes complete sense now. Sometimes we don't find out things why they make sense. 
It, it is what it is. I mean, you you ever think? Look, by the way, yeah, my mama was born. Her birthday on the same day the Saints won the NFC Championship game. You want to know something else? My mama was born on January twenty fourth, same day as the NFC Championship game, and her mama, my grandma, who I love to death, was born on February seventh, which is the same day the Saints won the Super Bowl. I'm just saying. You can think these things are silly and dumb all you want. Just saying. All the time. I feel my mom and my sister talking to me all the time. Maybe you do too. Maybe you don't want to believe it. Maybe you want to hear Larry Holder talk to you. Larry Holder's got probably more interesting things than I to say than I do. We start off with the Saints OC search. We get into the new NFC South coaches, and of course, we preview and make predictions on the NFC and AFC title games, and we do it right now. Larry Holder, what is going on this morning? Look, I mean, look, I will say you look at the uh, the title games, and I would be happy with whoever really wins. I think it's actually a really exciting uh, round of playoffs we got coming. You've got, of course, the uh, – Really, the big boys, the uh, the MVPs facing off uh, with with Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, and Lamar Jackson's on his way to likely winning another one. And then you've kind of got, even though the 49ers aren't exactly upstarts, but I mean they're upstarts with Brock Purdy as their quarterback, right? And then you know the darlings of the Lions, uh, and even uh, you know if if you have some sort of rooting interest down here, you probably. Uh, could could have yourself rooting for Dan Campbell and Aaron Glenn uh, and and those guys. Uh, so yeah, if there's any rooting interest, uh, if you're just being a fan, uh, I would just suspect it would probably be the Lions. If you're just being a fan and you live in New Orleans and you're older than let's say forty to forty five, ish you're definitely not rooting for the Forty Niners. Let's just you should that. probably remember that Joe Montana and Steve Young used to shred the Saints. Hate those dudes. Anyway, all right, Trey Wayne is with us this morning. He says, we want and need Gruden. We're going to get, Trey, we're going to get into that uh, very soon. In fact, that's probably going to be the first topic we talk about. He also says, Chiefs versus Lions in the Super Bowl. Put your house on it. Look, my friend, I've I've been uh, a sports betting writer for quite a while now, and I've been gambling for quite a while. I don't put my house on anything. Uh, But first of all, if I ever lost, my wife, would uh, would would murder me. We'd be on the news because she'd she'd kill me. Cassandra says Ravens versus Lions for the Super Bowl. Eh, I don't know. Then we'll see. All right, we're gonna get to the Super Bowl predictions that, towards the end of the show. You could say that I don't like that that thought. That would be boring. Isn't the right word. I just I don't know. I don't like the Lions. We'll get into that later. All right, Saints OC search, uh, Larry. I, I I highlighted Ronald Curry because he's the one candidate from in-house for the Saints. But you see some of these other names. I think to me, I think there there are three guys on this list that have a real chance. Now, I'll probably be wrong. They'll pick one of the other three or someone that's not on this list. But I think for the Saints, if they're going to go outside of the building, I think Clint Kubiak makes the most sense if they're going to go outside of the building. Uh, but... The way the Saints work, I think Ronald Curry is probably the favorite because they like in-house guys. That doesn't mean that I'm right or wrong. I just like to get your take. And then John Gruden, to me, is an outlier. I think he presents more problems than what he would bring in, and I'm not sure that his his offense, uh, does that translate to today? 
I do think let's start with just Gruden. I don't know what he's bringing to the table. I mean, yeah. he's been out of the game for a few years. Sure, he has experience with Derek Carr, and he wants to get back into coaching. Uh, but also, if you are Dennis Allen, uh, why would you potentially hire your replacement? Agreed. I mean, Agreed. it happened with Dennis Allen, with uh, with uh, Rob Ryan a couple of years ago, where Sean Payton brought in Rob's replacement right in his face. Uh, but it's not like he, we, he, you know, he did that. Like Dennis would be doing this to himself. So I don't know if that would work. But I know, look, uh, there's no doubt John would want to try to step his toe back into coaching in this. Seems like the only opportunity that's even there. Uh, and so, but do you want to put him in that position? Uh, I think that stepping outside of the building is a must. I think you need fresh eyes. I, I, that's why you could, I understand the, the, the penchant for the Saints to stay within the building. That needs to change. And I think that will change. And I do like who you're saying with with Clint Kubiak. Uh, Brian Greasy, I would certainly put in there as well. He certainly played the position. He knows how offenses work. Uh, So, you know, I wouldn't discount him. Uh, But, look, you know, Jaron Johnson, look, he was a quarterback coach for one year with the Texans, and they had one good year. I mean, I'm not – I get it. He might be a a viable candidate at some other point, but I'm sure the Saints wanted to pick his brain to see where and how he was able to make Stroud – immediately good and then Mike Sullivan uh, I know the the Steelers are going outside the building with their coordinators uh, but he certainly did bring a boost to what the Steelers were doing I can tell you they were bad and they got Mason Rudolph to play very well yeah that's saying something Uh, and and doing the you know and and he was a co-coordinator but he was the one calling the plays and in charge of the pass game when they got rid of Matt Canada uh, so look to me, I, I I'm with you in that. I think I, if I, you know, if I was a Saints fan, I would be hoping for Kubiak, you know, and, and like you said, look, I hope that they're willing to go outside of the building. Uh, it, it, they've shown in the past. I mean, when you, when you don't, I think it's been a problem. I mean, I'm not, you know, the only look when they promoted Dennis Allen from code DC or whatever, and, they were just trying to make a move, getting rid of Ryan and, and moving on, and it worked out. But I just think generally when you promote from within, more times than not, it's just not a great idea. Uh, not in this world, not in this NFL world. I'm not saying in the real world or outside and you're talking about, you know, in our business or whatever. I'm just talking about in football in general. I just don't like hiring from within. I agree with you wholeheartedly, especially when you're struggling. You need a fresh set of eyes and then go outside. And to me, just the name Kubiak, uh, that screams offense to me. It's different, though, when you're hiring from within, when uh, you're the Bengals and your OC gets hired to be a head coach. Brian Callahan goes to the Titans, and then they promote the quarterback coach, to be the OC, that makes sense. This, in this situation, I know they've been high on Curry, but this does not make sense. Like, when things are going poorly, you need a fresh set of eyes. And for me, uh, I just just can't see that. Look, he'll be employed somewhere. He could keep the same position. He might say, well, job, I want to go somewhere else. He's certainly, you want him on your staff. He's a good asset, but I, I just if you're interviewing people, and I just think there's a better candidate on this list. 
I also think that, you know, where most times it doesn't, and I've screamed this on this show, where the Saints just don't care what the fans think, I think they're getting to the point now where maybe they do care a little bit what the fans think. And I think if you go with a status quo kind of candidate, um, I think you're going to piss off a lot of people. I think you're going to alienate lots of fans. Now, on this, on the grand scheme of things, is nowhere near uh, keeping Dennis Allen and the outrage. At, I don't think there's going to be outrage if Ronald Curry is promoted. Um, and he may be a great offensive coordinator someday. But it, it just goes to what, what, they're, what they're trying to do is, uh, if they're going to stick with Dennis Allen, I think they need to uh, not necessarily purge what's inside the building, but they, need, they definitely need a breath of fresh air from outside. And I, don't, I mean, I don't know, even know if I care which one of the four it would be. I mean, Kubiak would be my choice. But if they picked any one of the other three guys, I probably wouldn't be that upset about it. I just think I agree. I just got to have some fresh air and got to have a new way of thinking and do something with the offense. And that's not even to say that they need to redo this offensive line. That's that's a whole nother story. Right. And you look at any of these names and you can't get kind of mystified by a big name like you can't. Right. I know John Gruden sitting there. And look, maybe he comes in and he's great, uh, but I just feel like for you, for you and me, I think we're on the same page in that breath of fresh air. You need something, someone to come in, fresh set of eyes, see what what they have. Because uh, here's what's what's funny, and I don't know why I just thought of this, but if you come in in the Saints situation, it is a different situation, even at quarterback than just about every other team because if you're a fresh set of eyes, are you going to have Taysom Hill taking snaps at quarterback and doing this? You could have a totally different philosophy and say, well, look, we're done with that. Throw that out the window. Oh, like, now you're, you're going to piss off Saints fans. You can't. Don't tell Saints fans you're not going to use Taysom Hill. <laughs> they'll, they'll lose their minds, Larry Hold. You can't take Taysom. Not my beloved Taysom. Don't do it. <laughs> Come on, man. If, if, if Jeff Duncan were here, he might be like throwing things at me because we were always, uh, uh, even even when he's good, it's just like okay, I, I get it, but he's not he's not the second coming of like uh, I don't know Red Grange or anything. Like, come on, Jim Thorpe or, or whatever we're talking Jim about. Jim Thorpey. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right. Look, I, I do. Before we move on, I do want to talk about John Gruden a little bit more because he's obviously intriguing. Uh, my first, he has. He has, to me, the most positives and the most negatives all at the same time. Um, the most positives, obviously, you're talking about a guy who has won a Super Bowl, uh, has been a head coach in the National Football League, uh, has worked for some of the greatest coaching minds in the NFL in recent history. Uh, He's molded some of the greatest coaching minds. Absolutely. Uh, Sean Payton. Sean Payton is on the Gruden tree. Like, there you go. What, Sean Payton got so much from Gruden. I mean, and that's that's all positives. But to me, the negatives and the number one negative is obvious. I mean, all the, the controversy going around with Gruden. Already Saints fans think the NFL hate them, uh, right? So if you bring in a guy like John Gruden, whether they hate him or not, now they're really going to hate him. Like, there's no question. You know, oh, you're going to bring in John Gruden. Oh, you're going to bring in John Gruden. Okay, I got something for you. So that's number one. Number two is, what is the locker room? What would the locker room think of this? Would you get the approval of a locker room? Because to me, that would be the most important thing. Because if 
The locker room wasn't on board. I'm talking about offense and defense, even though he has nothing to do with defense. I think you've got to get everybody on board if you're bringing in a guy like Gruden. Cam Jordan has to say, to my, in my opinion, Cam Jordan has to say, this is okay with me. He would have to talk to the defense, and he would come, have to come out and say on social media and say publicly that we're okay with this, number two. And then number three is, how does his offense of 10, 20, I heard this, and this great point, and how does his offense of 10, 20 years ago, I think Arlen Gillen said it, how does that equate to today? We've already seen Sean Payton's offense maybe doesn't work as well today as it worked 10, 20 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. So that would worry me as well. Well, you, your three bullet points, uh, the fans are last. So I don't, the perception of this and league hates the Saints, That's I couldn't care less about that. Uh, and if you're the Saints, you pro- you shouldn't care less about that. So what? Uh, but number one is the locker room. I mean, I don't care if he's got the greatest scheme, uh, if he's the greatest coach in the history of the planet. It's if people can uh, be okay with what John Gruden uh, referred to in emails that were made public. Uh, about a large demographic that is in the locker room. Of course, that's African-American players. And that is something that is different with each individual person in there. And can people move past that? Are they okay with that? That is definitely an answer I don't know the answer to. And I'm pretty sure the Saints aren't going out and taking a poll of the players to see if that's okay. I mean, you mentioned Cam Jordan. Demario Davis is certainly, uh, he might be even higher than, uh, he'd probably be those two guys. You'd have to get just, that would be 100%. A complete, I didn't leave him out. It was an right. accident that I, I know you were out. just talking about the longest tenured guy. I get it, but no, but it's certainly something that, you know, you need to see if that is okay. And I, I don't know how you totally do that. And that's, that's John Gruden is going to face that wherever he goes, period. Uh, and then comes the offensive scheme certainly you can evolve look Sean Payton has evolved uh in and even evolved as a as a offensive coordinator while he's with the Saints like he evolved with with the pieces that he had at the time and it's like you know when Jimmy Graham was there they used Jimmy Graham and when he and when that shifted away and they didn't have a great tight end they shifted to other things and then when they had two good running backs they shifted to that so like to be great for a long period of time you got to evolve now was Gruden great offensively for a long period of time? I'd probably say not as much as, say, someone like Sean Payton. So can Gruden evolve? I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, the, the NFL part of it, that's that's just window dressing. That doesn't – that should play no – I don't know, no man. Evolve. Look, I'm not, I'm not a conspiracy guy. I'm really not. Don't um, say but, then. You're going to say but. I, I am going to say but. <laughs> uh, but, uh, or however <laughs> – I, I just, this, is, this is a different animal, man. Um, it's one thing when you bring him in to be a consultant. And the fact that they brought him in now multiple times to be a quote-unquote consultant kind of tells me that I think the players probably are okay with it. Um, I don't think you, you – you try it once, you see what happens. If they're not okay with it, you find out that they're not okay with it, right? Um, they brought him in again. So that tells me that the locker room probably is okay with it. But – when you're talking about this league, um, I, I just don't know, man. I don't know how much you want to rock a boat and 
That is like, because if you bring him in to BOC, you're telling the world we're willing to make him a head coach again too. Because I agree with you 100%. If Dennis Allen brings this guy in, you're potentially bringing in your replacement because I don't know how many people out there who have a right frame. Of, I've seen a lot of people taking up for Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael this week. Where were y'all like a month ago? Get the hell out of here. If you're taking up for Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael, you were silent as a, as a dead tree frog until about two weeks ago. So hush, hush. But uh, I will say I don't think there's going to be a lot of hush if John Gruden's hired. I think, well, think, well, think of it in, the, in these terms. You know how with Sean Payton, whenever they hired Rob Ryan and Greg Williams, yep. how much of those cameras follow those guys? Yep. You think Dennis Allen better not have an ego because uh, no one is going to does. No one is going to be panning to him to see how he's reacting. But is it uh, his decision though? But here's the thing: if it works, he doesn't get fired. Yeah. If well, it doesn't look, work, he gets fired, and it, that's just up to the. But he's gonna get fired anyway, though. I if think it, he knows. They go, though, if, if they win eleven games, no, no. If they win eleven games next year, he's not getting fired. Oh, hundred percent. He's not getting fired. No, I agree. But what I'm saying is, if you're gonna get fired, you're gonna get fired. Who cares who your replacement is? I mean, right. I, I've. I've been, I'm not going to mention any names, but I've been part of a group, I guess, that has hired people who worked for me, in a sense, and then two people in particular, three people that worked for me, then became, later on became my boss at some point. So, but what I'm saying is, I don't know that Dennis Allen, this, this is really his decision. I'm sure he has input, but... In the grand scheme of things, and when you look back on I guess my point is when I look back on it, I'm like, well, I was going to get it fired or let go or whatever you want to call it, no matter what. Who cares? What difference does it make? Who takes over for you? Well, that's true, and I think that's why he's – like, I think he's certainly a viable candidate. I'm not saying – we're not – like, don't get me wrong, and probably you're saying the same thing. We're saying the person you and me would probably prefer, not who maybe the Saints would prefer. So that's – 100%. Different, that is a different conversation, and that's that's why and that's why I think look Gruden is certainly uh, someone that it wouldn't shock me at all if he was there. And then, like you're saying, if it works, then you ride forward and continue success. If it doesn't, then like you said, who cares? Who's going to be my replacement? And so you know, you know you think of it in that sense. If that's who they, it works and that's who they want, I mean, that's who they're going to get. And so that's uh, – uh, but it will certainly bring an attention to the Saints that they didn't have going into this past year. They would certainly right. have an attention. It wouldn't have anything to do with Dennis Allen and his job status. It would have everything to do with bringing John Gruden back to the NFL and back as an assistant, not a head coach. I will say this. I probably wouldn't choose John Gruden, but it would have like if I were Dennis Allen, I probably wouldn't choose John Gruden again if it's Dennis Allen's choice. But it would have nothing to do with the fact of whether I thought he would take over for me. However, if it is Dennis Allen's choice and I were sitting there and we as a group thought that John Gruden was the best chance for this team to go forward and be a better team and have a chance to win the division next year and that was the best chance we had, I wouldn't even be thinking about that. I'd be like... Bring in John Gruden. Let's do it. Let's move on. 
Whether they do that or not, I, I don't know. But I just I don't think you can worry about uh, who's going to be the next Saints head coach because, look, let, let's, let's be real. Uh, what's the percentage of people out there? You can type it in if you want. Ask me. What's the percentage of people who really think that this time next year, Dennis Allen's still going to be the head coach of this fr- franchise? I, I think it's got to be less than 50%. I was going to say less than 50%. Uh, but yeah, and, and, well and, less than 50%. And, and look, here's the thing. If anybody knows Derek Carr, it's John Gruden. I mean, he knows his strengths. Right, we didn't even bring up that part. He knows his weaknesses. None of these other guys do. And, right. and Derek played better with Gruden than without him. That's right. And it matters. Look, if, 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 you're, if you're trying to get better, what needs to improve, I think, more than anything, and I know the numbers will tell you that they were both about the same. Neither one of them were great. The, def- the defense definitely went down this year. <clears throat> the offense was better than people give it credit for, but it's got to get better. you got to get an offensive line, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think Derek Carr could be – I thought he was good, not great. I know people don't – most people don't agree with that. They're, they're like, he sucked. Uh, I think Derek Carr was good, not great, but I think he could be really good. With John Gruden, but that's not enough to make me to sway me into thinking that's what I want. I think Carr was average in terms of NFL quarterbacks, but at times was good, at times was bad. But I think he was an average NFL quarterback, and that's the results. How he was is exactly how the team finished. Like they they were lockstep together, and that's that's what we have now. Well, I mean, I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but if you look at his stats, the the three worst games he played were when he shouldn't have been playing. He were in, he was injured in three games this year where he just shouldn't have been playing. They should have started Jameis Winston. That's a whole different story. If you take those three games out, he was definitely better than average. You look at passer rating, and as it was with those three games in there, passer rating-wise, I believe he was the 11th or 12th best quarterback in the NFL. And guess what? Salary-wise, he's the 12th highest-paid quarterback in the NFL, which means he... Played exactly like he was supposed to play. Man, if the team was so emboldened, they should have just removed Derek Carr, picked him up, and put him on the sideline and brought Jameis in. Like, it's a team decision. They should have just done that, right? Yeah, they should have. <laughs> 100%. I mean, we don't want a quarterback controversy. God, God forbid. And Here's know, what's funny. I bet you the fans would be okay with that. If they would have picked up, hurt Derek Carr, put him on the sideline and put Jameis. Uh uh, it would have been the same it, it, thing. It's interesting. The, and again, we're getting off on a tangent here. <laughs> I'm just here, totally having fun. I will tell you, man, I have never seen anything like the, the and look, there you go. It, it happens every single time you mention the name Jameis Winston. I know you can't see the numbers of people watching, no. but the numbers plummet. They go straight. <laughs> Whenever you mention the name Jameis, it is unreal. It is incredible. If I ever want people to stop watching the show, I'm just going to go, Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston. It's, it's incredible. It, it boggles really the mind. Okay, you can come back now. We're going to stop talking about Jameis Winston, I promise. Come on back now. All right, we're going to talk about the, uh, the hires of uh, two NFC South teams have new coaches. I don't understand either one of them. To me, Raheem Morris is Dennis Allen in a new color. He's wearing red now, okay? He goes from blue, Rams blue, to red. It doesn't make one bit of difference he's Dennis Allen. And then Dave Canales, who the hell is Dave Canales? Are they crazy? What is wrong with this division? I will say the Raheem Morris, I didn't even think of it in those terms, but 
it is like hiring Dennis Allen. It's the same same path. Didn't cut it as a head coach. Went off, had success as a defensive coordinator. Made his hay. Got really, you know, highly taught, highly talked about by Sean McVay. And then he came back. And like, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's definitely uh, an interesting hire, especially given. They could have hired they, whoever they wanted. Larry. They said I mean, no to Bill Belichick. I mean, that's, they could have hired whoever they wanted. Yeah, they they they, they decided the not. To, yeah, they decided not to hire him. I mean, they look. I know Harbaugh interviewed the Chargers. Uh, that was to me a no brainer. So, but yeah, the Raheem Morris thing is definitely one. Well, they know him, and that's another Dennis Allen aspect that they know him, and so they liked him. They and, interviewed him when they were talking to Arthur Smith. Right. So they didn't want to hire him when they, they were talking to Arthur Smith. They hired Arthur Smith, who may be one of the worst coaches in the last 10 years in the National Football League. I'm not exaggerating. He was awful. They should have okay? just got Dan Quinn back, right? Should have oh, just hired That's him worse. Yeah. Dan Quinn. But no, the three. more I, I, three. I, I will say uh, that, I mean, spin control here. I mean, you're, you're, <laughs> you, you didn't go with Bill Belichick and you, took, you brought back Raheem Morris. Who, or Mike Vrabel. Uh, yeah, right, and Mike Vrabel. But Raheem Morris was the interim coach when they fired Dan Quinn and was only four and seven. And so, I mean, this is definitely a curious hire. Now, what? Dave Canales, I, I, I can uh, let me move on to that one if uh, unless you wanted to keep. No, talking. no, no, absolutely. They would... Yeah. So Dave Canales, one year as a play caller, one uh, year, one year as an offensive coordinator. But here, and here's what was going on: the Panthers wanted someone with an offensive mind. They knew Ben Johnson was not going to be there for them. He's going to go to Washington more money, than likely. Money. Well, or better situation, he see Ben Ben Johnson might be like Washington's going to pay me way more, and I'm going to go basically. Uh, I'm not going to get quarterback number one, but I'll get quarterback number two in the draft, and we can mold and go from there. And they have better pieces, say on the perimeters, like wide receiver wise, and. Uh, Brian Robinson, like they got better pieces offensively. So that's probably uh, what Ben Johnson would be thinking. But also what the Panthers are thinking is that Canales helped revive two careers at quarterback. They helped, he helped revive Geno Smith with Seattle and he helped revive Baker Mayfield. So they're thinking, wow, if he could do that with these guys, why can't he do it with Bryce Young? And to me, that's probably number one on the list why they did this. Then pay him a ton of money and make him your OC and say, whatever you're making in Tampa Bay, we'll give you 80% more. The Bucs would have blocked that. He could, they wouldn't have been able to do that. There's no, you're not going to make a lateral move. Like that's, you know what, though, The only so- way that happened, and it's, it's actually ties into Atlanta, uh, Atlanta let Ryan Nielsen interview – to make a lateral move because they knew they were going to hire a defensive guy, obviously, whether it was Belichick or Morris or Vrabel, like all these are defensive guys. Like they allowed Ryan Nielsen to interview and get the job with the Jaguars, a lateral move because they were going to move on from him. Canales, there's no way he was making a lateral move. The Bucks would have blocked that. I, I hear you, but I mean, just come on, man. You're talking about it. You just failed miserably with Frank Reich. He didn't even make it through a season. And there you, you know, and before that, you probably had a good coach in your building with Steve Wilkes and you let him go. Uh, I think Steve Wilkes is going to be a good head coach, in my opinion. We'll see. But 
So now you bring in someone that basically has no experience. I mean, I don't think you can afford, if you're the Panthers, again, I'm sitting here in front of a camera in my home office, uh, you know, talking about a multi-million dollar decision. But are you really going to make this decision after what you've been through? Just because you hope your quote-unquote franchise quarterback, you can make him better? Or what about the rest of your team? Well, think of it in this way. Who wants to coach for Tepper? That's another question. Like, you're not hearing all these big candidates. No, they're having to go get young guys. Maybe they don't want to go work for Tepper. No question. They've seen what happened. All Every coach gets fired in season. Like th- th- You got no. a point. He's throwing water in the crowd. He's throwing water at people. He's doing the opposite of what Jason Kelsey does. He jumps out shirtless and drinks with them. He doesn't throw stuff at them. So totally different. Uh, so yeah, look, that there. Look, no one want you had to go. You got a point for Carolina. You have to reach for. for All right, for I never coach. thought about that aspect of it, but you know, I always say, you know, people say, well, who would want that job? And I'm like, lots of people. Right. I'm talking about it. There's only 32 <laughs> of these jobs in the world. Uh, so I mean, lots of people would want the job. But then again, you say lots of people, but really, like, do you really mean lots of people when you're talking about working for? A David Tepper, I don't know. You got well, it's a great the same point. thing with Dennis Allen. Like he wasn't probably sought after too highly as a, a when he went to go coach with the Raiders. But guess what? It's an opportunity, and it's with the Raiders. And so uh, they only have thirty-two of them. And he went and took it. Yeah. If you're if you're in that position, you got to go take it. Uh, I don't disagree, but to me, you should learn from your past mistakes. And to me. Neither the Falcons nor the Panthers are learning from any mistakes, especially the Panthers. I mean, at least Raheem Morris, to me, is an incredible defensive mind. So I'll give him that. But, I mean, why do you want, if you're the Falcons and you have the choices of all these coaches, if you're going to go with a retread, why wouldn't you want the greatest, potentially, possibly, the greatest coach in the history of the National Football League or a guy in Mike Vrabel, to me, that did more with nothing because other than Derrick Henry, Mike Vrabel had a whole lot of nothing in Tennessee throughout his career. Right. Yeah. Either one of those guys, I mean, over again, you're talking about Raheem Morris. He's Dennis Allen in, in just a different uniform. There's definitely was concern though. I could tell you just by our reporting over at the athletic that uh, Bill Belichick you can't like you bring him in and he's ex- he he's going to expect to run right. the building and let him and well they they don't want to let him like that's, that's the your, thing that's dumb well they they i guess they trust Terry Font now <laughs> more than they would with Belichick it's not like Belichick has been great with personnel decisions uh mm-hmm. lately actually the Falcons have done better with getting good personnel and they made it work on defense. Their defense got better. Their offense has some good personnel except at quarterback. And the offense didn't work, and that's that's on coaching. So they trust the personnel department far more than they're trusting the coaching. And so, that, you know, they uh, – well, And, again, they know more. The personnel department made a really good decision with Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke, didn't they? Woo! What a job those guys did. I mean, that wasn't great. But, hey, they wanted Deshaun Watson. They lost him. Like, yeah. they wanted him. So did the Saints, and it ended up right. working out okay. Now it's Joe Flacco for life in Cleveland. Let's do it. Man, what a mess that all is. All right, well, look, uh, you know what? Um, I like Raheem Morris. I think he's a great defensive coach, but I could obviously you couldn't root for him when he was the Tampa Bay coach. 
not rooting for him now. Um, I hope he ends up, when he leaves Atlanta, he goes off and becomes coach somewhere else in the AFC and gets a third shot and does great. But not now. I don't think any Saints fans are really going to be rooting for him now. But, again, I don't get that hire. I don't have to. I just think that it's the Falcons being the Falcons. I don't. Arthur Blank is proven he doesn't know how to hire a coach to save his life. I mean, think of some of the coaches this team's had. I mean, to me, Mike Smith? Oh, really? And then Arthur Smith? I mean, guys, the two of the worst coaches in the last 20 years have coached for the Atlanta Falcons. How and Dan Quinn. How are you forgetting about uh, Bobby Petrino? Oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> because I tried to put him out. I mean, th- wow. I mean, this franchise is, is, is like the Saints of the 70s. I mean, Bobby Petrino left before the season was over, and he left post-it notes in the lockers. Uh, All you need now is Joe John North. Joe Horn has told me those stories. John North and, er- and Ernie Hefferly. And, and I mean, you're, that's what you're, you're bringing back notions of back here all right let's move on we've been talking about this long enough we got to get to the uh the championship games the penultimate weekend of nfl football and it's always kind of bittersweet to me because i think we've got uh two decent we got one really really good game and one well we'll see what we have there in just a moment but uh when you look at these championship games i find them interesting for their own accounts in the nfc does the detroit there, I've been saying this over and over again, and I mean it. Doesn't the Detroit Lions, did they remind you of the 2006 Saints a little bit? Uh, uh, absolutely. Someone brought that up to me uh, recently, and absolutely it, it does. Uh, you know, they, they've kind of uh, gotten it together, and they're the darling of the team, and you're, you think, all right, now like the Saints had to go to Chicago, now the Lions exactly. have to go to the 49ers, and – now, the 49ers, I think they're a better team than Chicago. Rex Grossman, Brock Purdy. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, Brock Purdy detractors aside, A, you're, 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 y'all are idiots. Brock Purdy has been elite. I mean, couldn't I'm sorry. agree more. You, could, you, you don't agree? No, I couldn't agree more. Oh, okay, good. Trust more. me, I write about Brock Purdy like every week because I write about quarterbacks. I think Brock Purdy is the, one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Right, I don't want to hear about the system. Uh, watch him exactly. play, like it, Matt. Like he knows what he's doing, and it, it, he's he's got. Again, I'm not calling them this, but uh, and um, he's got uh, it. Yeah, you know, and you know, um, Greg Cosell from NFL Matchup from ESPN and, and NFL Films for so long. He was telling me even a year before Purdy entered the draft, he's like, he's got Drew Brees qualities, this, that, and the other. And he's like, look, don't jump to that. But then you see him in the NFL, he does have breeze qualities. Like yep, he doesn't he does. have a rocket arm. He he knows what's going on. Uh, he puts he timing like it's very You just can't play in the rain. Well, who can? Like that's the thing. And but also he struggled against the Ravens, which that'll be tough in the Super Bowl to see if uh, if if he can kind of rebound from that. But yeah, like uh, but uh, anyway, going back to it, I do agree like the Lions are that 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 like new you know, new place in the, you know, new show popping up. And, yeah. but like, uh, you, could, could they upset them? Maybe, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you that uh, uh, the lines do remind me of that. While we're on the NFC, uh, I'd like to get your take on Dan Campbell, obviously a former Saints assistant beloved. There's going to be a lot of Saints fans rooting for the Lions because of him. 
Uh, again, the older Saints fans will be rooting for the Lions because they hate the 49ers just like they hate the Rams. They were in the same division back in the day. Younger fans still have a hard time believing that, uh, that the Saints were in the NFC West for most of our lives. But uh, what do you think of Dan Campbell? He's become the, the number one analytics coach. I, uh, I'm going to tell you, I'm not a fan of the way he coaches. Um, I know that the younger fans like that, uh, going for two when you don't need to be going for two, going for it on fourth down half the time, going for it on fourth down from your own side of the field. I, maybe I'm old and I'm sounding like get off my lawn, dude, but I just don't like the way this guy coaches, and I don't think in the long run it's going to be successful. It might not be, but it's working right now, so you gotta you got to ride of. the lightning. And uh, Well, here's the thing. What happens after this year when you're going to lose at least one assistant? And, yep. you know, Aaron Glenn could lose could, more than one. Exactly. Aaron, Aaron Glenn, Glenn. Could, could still be in the market for a head coach. And he you know, should be. Would, right. I, I think, I, look, I think if you don't, he should be a head coach. I 100%. Aaron, Aaron Glenn deserves a chance over right. a guy like Raheem Morris, in my opinion. But that's a whole other story. I wouldn't argue there either, and not just because I know Aaron Glenn far more than I know Raheem Morris, but I think I would, I'd be with you. But still, can he rebound from that, like, after this year? Like, let, let's see where that goes. And uh, But still, like, they have a lot of good pieces. There's no doubt about it. But, yeah, he, he definitely uh, – sometimes it's like he's trying to outsmart himself. We all know about the penalty and all that, that brouhaha and all, all this. But still, uh, it's – it's working right now, so I mean, I'm not going to question it totally, but yeah, it, how much long-term viability? I, I think that's a fair question. So, what happened in Philadelphia when he lost his uh, his coordinators didn't work out so well. I mean, talk about how things can go south quickly. It went south in Philadelphia in a hurry. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen in Detroit. I just, I'm just not a fan of the of. of he seems like he coaches almost angry and pissed off at the world. Like I got something to show you, buddy. I'm going to go for it on fourth down and three from my own 47. Well, it just makes you dumb. That doesn't make Sometimes you. Sometimes like, it makes a you great smart. Coach. No, but it I doesn't. Mean, uh, I don't care if you, a lot of times I'm like, I'll sit in front of my TV and, and say, I don't care whether he makes this or not. It's, this is stupid. Going for two from your, from the seven yard line or down, down 14, you score a touchdown. And the whole new thing of don't get me stuck. I mean, I'm I'm promised I'm not going to go on a tangent, but I am going to say it. When you go for two, when you score a touchdown down 14 and you're down eight, Zach Ewing can piss off and everybody else who thinks that you should go for two there, you're a moron. I don't care what any percentage tells you. To me, if you don't get it, you're screwed because it's going to be way harder. If you do score the touchdown, and I've seen it work, I get that it works sometimes, doesn't mean you're smart for doing it. I said I wasn't going to go off on a tangent. I just you did. Went. You did. You I just did. I just went off on a tangent. <laughs> well, that's better than trying trigonometry, which is really where tangent comes from. But I don't know. Sounds like ideas. you and me trying to uh, decipher a, a fantasy baseball trade that we'll probably Ooh. be making in a couple months. Yeah. Let's just do it because we don't have anything better to do. <laughs> right. And this is great. <laughs> Let's go for it just yeah. because, just to show them. Exactly. We'll show them. We haven't made a trade in two whole months. All right. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's move on. We talked. Uh, we're going to give our predictions in just a minute. Uh, I find that an interesting matchup, though, in the NFC. Also, uh, I'll tell you who I like and why in just a moment. In the AFC, man, you're talking about the MVP of this season against, to me, the perennial MVP as long as he plays this game. 
Patrick Mahomes against Lamar Jackson. I mean, how much more intrigue could you have than that? You you wonder uh, if the NFL wanted to flip the the timing of those games, but I guess one's yeah. West Coast, so they got to. So I get right. it, uh, but still, uh, one is definitely the the prime matchup. And look, Patrick Mahomes, statistically speaking, whether you know whether it's traditional rates or advanced rates that that we like to use over at the Athletic, or well, I personally like to use, he's had his worst year of his career. Now, is that all on him? No, no. His weapons are are, are terrible. Like. The fact that uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling actually caught passes last week, I was shocked. Like, deep balls, like, I was said, oh, tough, my God. Tough catches, too. He finally did it. Like, finally. And Kelsey finally getting back into it. So, is it too little, too late going against the Ravens, who, of course, uh, great defense for sure. Uh, but, but, look, Lamar Jackson, and, and it's funny because his rates – uh, in some of those categories aren't great, but uh, the last three games, he's been incredible. I mean, he's been amazing and he's been good all year. And now he's like ascending. Like that's, that's incredible to say. And also big factor that I think people need to uh, look at going into this game, that it looks like Mark Andrews is going to play and they haven't had him for a couple months. And the Ravens have only gotten better seemingly without him, which is crazy. That's because so Isaiah probably- Likely, I think, has gotten way better. And th- there might not be a tight end who's improved in this game this year more than Isaiah Likely. Oh, absolutely. It's given him an opportunity. So that means you could put both those guys in the field at the same time, yeah. mix and match, and you feel great. And so that that's like... What are you like, talking about, man? The Lions got Zach Ertz. <laughs> <laughs> He's not quite like Sam Laporta. But, uh, but yeah, so... Uh, am I making a prediction or am I just uh, prognosticating? Well, now let's get to the predictions portion of this segment. We can go as short or as long as you want. Let's start. We were just talking about the AFC, let's, so let's stick with the AFC. Give me your thoughts on that game. Uh, last week, I would tell you, you know, I forgot to tell you earlier, I was going to tease into it. One of us went 4-0. That would be me. Uh, one of us went 3-1. and That would be you. We, we, I will say this, though. You and I have been, we don't, agree a lot on picks, but we've been pretty close this whole playoffs. That first weekend, we were five out of six, and the one we were off on, you were right. And so last week, we were three out of four, and the one we were off on, I was right. So here we get a chance to break the tie. We'll see. I got a feeling you're going to go in a different direction than me in the AFC. Well, man, I took the Texans last week on a whim. That was that whim, like, I'd be if I bet my house, I'd be homeless. Like, and everyone could like throw stuff at me. So yeah, so that's uh, that was just maybe a, a wishful thinking. You look like a genius at halftime. That's <laughs> true, but uh, not so much afterwards. But uh, I am gonna go chalk in the AFC. I'm gonna take the Ravens. I, I just, uh, I, I just think they're gonna bring too much on both sides of the football. Like, yeah, I, I've, I've no, I know the Chiefs' offense. Uh, when it's great, it's great, but it's not been great. And I think uh, even though the, the Chiefs' defense, they're certainly uh, been playing very, very well throughout most of the year, uh, I think the Ravens can bring too much. And Lamar Jackson has just been playing too well. And they're going to be in their own place. Now, the pressure's all on them. Like, if they lose, they, they're chokers. They had lined up waiting for them. But I don't, th- I, you know, I think big win last week. Uh, I think they're. I think they're going to beat the Chiefs. Uh, you 
Well, anybody who's listened or watched me over the past couple of years knows that I'm a big trends guy. Uh, I follow trends way more than I follow my gut. Um, and trends, every trend in this game points to Baltimore not only winning but covering the four-point spread. Can't do it. I'm not, betting, <laughs> I'm not betting against God, man. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is God. I get Lamar Jackson has played much better. Um, and, you know, people say he can't play in the playoffs. Well, he proved differently last week. But I don't know how much I'm buying into a second-half performance against the Houston Texans who weren't even supposed to be in the playoffs in the first place. Um, so I'm just having a hard time buying into the, the Ravens. Look, the last time a three-seed made it to the Super Bowl, Here's a, here's a trend for you. A three seed hasn't made it to the Super Bowl since the 2007 Colts won the damn thing uh, the year before. That. Yeah, I mean, so it, it's it's been a long time for three seed. We got two of them in the playoffs this year. Uh, I just can't bet against Mahomes. I can't do it. Uh, and look, not only that, you look at, like you said, I think the offense of the Ravens and the offense of the Chiefs pretty much what and what. You could make a point, even though the numbers say that the Chiefs' defense is better than the Ravens' defense. You could make a point that the Ravens' defense has been playing better lately. Uh, the Ravens have been home for a month, uh, is a big deal. The Chiefs have one less day off, and they got to go on the road. There are all sorts of things that point to the Baltimore Ravens win this game. But again, it's number 15, man, and that's all I need. And if you're giving me a pick, if you're making me pick, I'm taking taking the chiefs. So I don't blame you at all there. Like that Mahomes is enough to pick it any every week till he retires. Like I get it. Yeah. Prove me wrong. Right. Yeah. You know, prove me wrong. That's what I did last week. Lamar Jackson proved me wrong. And well, he emphatically did, but still, yeah, there's like, no question about that. <laughs> all right. The NFC, I think we're going to be in agreement. So we're, we're in disagreement. You got the Ravens. I got the chiefs. We'll see how that goes. Um, wouldn't surprise me either way, by the way. If Lamar Jackson wins this game and goes on to win the Super Bowl, wouldn't be surprised one bit. Uh, we'll see how that works out. NFC, Lions and Niners. Um, I'm going to go first here. I, we talked about it. I think that Brock Purdy is so underrated. Uh, give me Brock Purdy over a Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen, to me, you want to talk about overrated. This guy comes in, looks great. Until that last drive when he has to have it, can't beat Patrick Mahomes, throwing balls at receivers' feet, uh, making poor decisions instead of taking the easy first downs and running the clock out, and at worst, kicking a field goal with no time left. Oh, no, no, no. You're trying to throw it deep and making this bit, I don't know, just a huge mistake. Brock Purdy is not doing that. He showed last week just the opposite. He played awful for three quarters, and when he absolutely needed to, he came and had to drive when he needed to. And I think that he has one of the best games of his short career. I think the Niners don't just win this game. I think they blow the Lions off the field. I think they win by three touchdowns. Woo, three touchdowns. Okay. Uh, well, look, I am going 49ers. And a lot of what you say, look, I followed Brock Purdy, uh, like, extremely closely the entire season. And he has been great outside of like three games, like yeah. great outside of like three games. <laughs> but last week was not his best game. But the fact, I think that, I think it was huge that he was able to overcome it. Tough conditions, a pesky team, got the win. 
And it also does help that he's got weapons. Now, I'm curious to see about Debo Samuel. Also, they overcame that injury. Like, you game-planned with Debo Samuel. This week, you have a sense you can game-plan without him, so it's different. Like, the fact that they won on – because Debo Samuel is a huge part of what they do. And the fact that they overcame that on the fly without him, I think that says a lot as well. So they know what they have going into this. And so I do think, though, that – uh, that look, the 49ers, I think it's uh, they're they're ready for the moment. I don't know if Detroit's ready for this moment. So I'm I'm gonna go uh I'm gonna go 49ers here. If you had to pick that spread is seven and a half, they are begging you. And I mean begging you to take the Lions, Las Vegas is. If you had to go with a spread, do you do the Saints the Saints? Did the 49ers win by more than seven and a half points? I think the 49ers cover. Yeah, okay. I'm with you. I'm not saying three touchdowns, but I think they cover. I think this is going to be an ugly championship. And it, I'm with you, man. I wish that I get why the Niners are on the West Coast, but I wish these games were in reverse. I wish the, the Lions-Niners game was first and the Chiefs. I mean, not only that, give Swifty more time to get to the AFC game, you know. All this talk about if, if the Chiefs make the Super Bowl, you know, she's got a concert in Tokyo on February the 10th, which is the night that is on Endymion Saturday, by the way. Oh. She's gonna. Yeah. She's got. They don't know how she's gonna get back in time. Jeff Haspel says uh, Baltimore wins it all. He hopes the Saints pick Kubiak. You and me both, Jeff. I hope that's who the Saints pick. Both are viable. Uh-huh. I, I would agree. They are both are viable. All right. Well, uh, programming note before we go off the air. I am going to be sub-hosting a radio show on uh, Nash one hundred six point one. For Eric Asher, my friend Eric Asher, and just goes, you know, just by chance, Larry Holder is a regular Monday guest on Eric's show, so we're not going to change it. Larry's going to come on the show. On, just uh, by Monday. chance. Just, just by chance. chance. 5.30, and we'll get to talk about how how right we were or how wrong we were or whatever it is, and we'll give early talk about the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 58. Uh, hard, hot. God, we're old. Super you got to do L-V-I-I-I. L-V-I-I-I. We're about to do next year in New Orleans. I mean, what a better place to have Super Bowl L-I-X than New Orleans. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, really? (laughs) That sounds like a radio station, W-L-I-X. W-L-I-X. We're on the air. Oh, but don't – hey, look, don't forget, I am predicting uh, a rematch of the uh, Blackout Super Bowl. That's right. Beyonce – uh, the last time the Niners and Ravens played in, in in New Orleans. Maybe they'll play in New Orleans next year. They played in that stadium in the background of you. And uh it was uh and people like here here's what's funny, it's totally crazy notes. So I did like a national radio hit the next morning, Fox yeah. Sports Radio, and they asked me if uh if uh, there was concern in the dome that it was like a terrorist attack, that the <laughs> lights went out. And it's the first time I'd ever even thought of it covering the thing that night. The, and the you night started before. getting scared, though, didn't you? I was like, what? I was like, no, New Orleans in aptitude, man. Not, <laughs> not terrorism. Uh, no. It was, it was LPNL. Oh, I mean, right. energy. <laughs> LPNL. Yeah, LPNL. Yeah, going back to the, when the, the, the 80s. Green trucks, baby. Green trucks. They, the, people out there know what I'm talking about with the green trucks. <laughs> All right. Well, Larry's going to be on the show with me on uh, on Monday afternoon on 106.1 if you're in the New Orleans area. If you're not and you want to listen to it, I know there's a way to do it online. I just don't know how to do that. 
Uh, and you're more than welcome to call on in the show and, and actually talk to us and not just leave comments. You're more than welcome to do that Monday afternoon. I'm also going to have Doug Mouton's going to be on with me. Um, and he doesn't know it yet, but Zach Ewing's going to be on with me. We're going to talk about some of the betting. He doesn't uh, know it yet. He doesn't know it yet, but he's going to do it. Uh, the betting aspect of it. Larry, I will talk to you on Monday. Have a great weekend, my friend. All right, buddy. You too. I'll talk to you then. That's right. He doesn't know it yet. I like to spring things on, my friend, the last minute. I need you to come on the show. All right. I'll do it. I mean, sometimes if you, you know, you ask ahead of time, you know who they are. I'm, not, I'm just joking. Zach, Zach doesn't care one way or the other. He'll come on the show. So there you go. That is what is coming up Monday. Nash Icon 106.1 in the New Orleans area. If you can't catch it there, again, find it wherever you find online. I don't know. I know there's a way to do it. Just search for them. You, you can listen four to six. One from four to six. Uh, again, if you want to call in, if you're a regular of the podcast and you actually want to talk to Jim Derry, you actually want to talk to Larry Holder, you want to actually want to talk to Doug Mouton, you actually want to talk to Zach Ewing, I might have a fourth guest who knows. Call in. We'll put you on the air. Coming up on, on Monday. After the games, of course, that will be the main topic of conversation. All right, before I go out today, you heard me talking about my mama earlier. Uh, how are we going to go out on this Friday morning slash afternoon slash weekend. Uh, I know a lot of you listen. It's funny because I watch and see who listens when. We get them Friday afternoon. We get them Saturday. We get them Sunday. They'll listen through the week now. Now that I'm only doing a show a week. Interesting. Whatever, Whenever they want to listen, whenever you want to listen, we're happy with it. We, we're grateful and thankful here at Attitude Podcast. Okay, but anyway, back to what I'm going out with. And kind of a combo thing. Back to my mom's era and my in my mom's group, she she loved the fifth dimension, um, and this song kind of reminds me of my mom. But it also kind of fits in to where the saints are. Right, you don't have to be a star. You don't have to be a you don't have to be a John Gruden. You don't have to be a well known name to take over as offensive coordinator for the New Orleans Saints. You just have to help them win. And I think that's why I'm leaning towards hoping for a Clint Kubiak. That is my uh, choice. You don't have to be a star, baby. Yeah. Anybody younger than 45 is like, what the hell is this song and who's he talking about? You know what? I'll just end it then. That's how you feel. I'm just going to end the show. The fact that you made it through an hour and 14 minutes, I'm so proud of you and so thankful. And hope you come back again. On Monday on the radio, 106.1 on Bayou Bets next Thursday. And back here next Friday for another episode of Datitude as we wrap up the championship games and give our early look ahead to the Super Bowl. All coming up here. You don't want to go anywhere. You want to come right back. Enjoy your weekend, everyone. Enjoy the games. We'll talk to you next week. Peace and love, my friends. Somebody.